What's up, meeples? On this week's show, we have our fifth guest. He's recently returned from touring and gaming around Japan, so we take this opportunity to talk to him about his experiences and what he's looking forward to doing now he's back home. Along with Paul bringing you the weekly news and Kickstarter campaigns, this is the podcast with Crudy Gaming Community. What's up guys, my name is Jason. My name's Ian. We are two game club organisers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming. So put the kettle on, grab a brew, and let's get on with today's episode. And for today's episode, we're going to jump straight in with our fifth guest. After spending a year travelling around Japan and experiencing the culture, one of Ian's longtime friends and prolific card game enthusiast has returned home and has agreed to join us today to talk all about his gaming past and what it was like playing the games he loves on foreign shores. So without further ado, may you all make welcome to the show, Jordan, how are you doing? Hi Jason, yeah, I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. We do also have Ian here as well. Hello! We don't <laughs> we don't really care how he is. <laughs> so, you're back in the UK, how do you feel being back in this lovely country that we all love <laughs> so very very much and is run by some really amazing people i'm also impressed you kept a straight face saying that <laughs> well you know like it's very different uh culture compared to japan i got so used to being in japan uh just hanging out with friends and things and now because of what's happening in the uk it's pretty hard to do that now um with the upcoming lockdown as well Woo. So you've been enjoying lovely British weather, British cuisine, and back in isolation, all these lovely things that Britain's well known for? <laughs> of course. Well, the one thing I missed a lot was definitely some of the snacks over here. So that's the I one. I thought when you were referring to British cuisine, you were talking about all those amazing Chinese and Japanese restaurants that we have. Well, while I've been in Japan, the restaurants are amazing. Oh, the real question is, though, how did you find the uh, supposed Japanese food from the UK compared comparing to the proper <laughs> Japanese food. Was that a bit of a culture shock? It was, definitely. Um, everything in Japan is literally delicious. I mean, in Japan, there's uh, so many different types of foods. Um, I'm not saying that the UK doesn't, but it's just simply Japan's quality of food is so much higher than the UK, um, 100%. Yeah, no, I can totally understand. It's a place in, in the world I desperately want to get to at some point in my life. I um, almost made it there. You did, yeah. <laughs> I was actually scheduled to go and meet Jordan while he was in Japan um, for two weeks. Two days after they announced the travel ban with the first lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> now we know the official reason that they introduced the travel back. <laughs> <laughs> they knew I was coming. <laughs> it wasn't enough uh, card stock in uh, Japan to, for your inevitable expenditure over there. No, it's just the banks warned us that he, he doesn't have enough. Don't let him go. Now, the real question that I have before we get onto anything gaming whatsoever is... Did you, by chance, see the street of like vending machines that have absolutely everything in it? Of course. Uh, there's vending machines literally everywhere. E even if you walk out of the station, one there. Outside <laughs> your house, one there. Literally, you'll find them everywhere, and it's crazy. So, so what we get in London is electronic scooters everywhere. In Japan, you get vending machines. <laughs> yeah, we get vending machines, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dispense electric scooters. <laughs> 
I'd rather have that. But anyway, you're on a tabletop gaming podcast to talk about tabletop games, not the awesomeness that is Japan. So, Ian is a good friend of yours, from what I understand. This, you, you poor human being, have had to put up with this <laughs> other human being for so long. I'm going to let Ian do a little intro into how he knows you, maybe a couple of embarrassing stories that I may or may not leave in the podcast. Go for it. <laughs> so we go way back. As you not know, I have been playing the Pokemon card game for an awful long time. And some time ago, um, I'm waiting for Jordan to fill me in on this one. Jordan joined in with our local group. Can you roughly I remember what was... set? Uh, I joined in around Black and White Next Destinies. So yeah, so Jordan joined us in 2012 and has been a valid member of our Pokemon League community ever since. And I have been lucky enough to know him that long, watched him grow up through the different age groups of the card game and become the 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 quite cool little wheeler and dealer and um, <laughs> are now our local tradesman for all of our pokemon needs and wants <laughs> i do try i do try but yeah it's been really really good obviously as we go back so far there are loads of stories to tell i'm not going to tell oh, them definitely. all i took jordan to his first ever uh, big international tournament as well that was a good weekend that was really good fun yeah, and we've just supported each other going along since, through the highs, through the lows. It's been some difficult times, but some amazing times as well. It's been such an amazing time so far, and obviously with the future as well, you know? Yep. And ever since I've met you, you know, it's been fantastic. Exactly. So, obviously, you've known each other for a fair few years now. It's a decent time to say that Jordan is quite a bit younger than both myself and Ian. But <laughs> uh... I am the dinosaur here. <laughs> You are, you are. I'm not far behind. So yeah, I mean, Jordan is a really good example of how versatile our gaming community in the town actually is. You know, he is. not everyone is our age, not everyone is bordering on middle age. We do have people sort of from the ages 10 and upwards, really. Um, so he fits nicely in the middle there. I was about to say, Jordan is definitely older than 10, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> so being the fact that you are... A fair bit younger than both myself and Ian. What is it that got you into gaming? Do you even remember your first game that you got into? So with the first game I got into was actually Pokemon um, with um, Ian. Um, I came along to uh, Pokemon League and then I just started playing. And from there I've been playing since and uh, been playing competitively since. And then uh, board games. Um, Ian recently introduced me to uh, the Crawley Gaming Group. And ever since then, I always wanted to go back and always wanted to go because it's great fun and I just enjoy the social side and also playing the board games themselves. Nice. So you've you've always been a card gamer then, right? You know, primarily Pokemon. Yeah, so from, from the start, um, I've always been into card games um, from the start with Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Um, however, I've wanted to um, broaden my horizons and get into board games and, you know play play board games so other than other than pokemon have you played any other any other trading card games in the past or are you recently expanding with that as well yeah so um i used to play Yu-Gi-Oh when i was about 10 to 14 and then i just um quit because the game got a bit too confusing um however um i recently got into magic as well um and i'm just slowly um just learning different card games and especially with the new coming one, uh, Digimon coming out very soon. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, why did you say uh, that? I, I'm, I'm just going to sign off here and you guys can have a discussion for the next hour and a half. Yeah. 
I am not obsessed with that I'm game sorry. at all. <laughs> Just thought I'd drop that one in there. It's like Why that, not? It's like that Simpsons episode where they put the quarter in that um, little pirate sidekick. Oh my god, he's going to be singing for hours. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you give him? A dollar? Oh my god. <laughs> with the love of card games, what is it that draws you to them? What What is it? You say that you're more geared towards the card games. What is it that really attracts you? to a card game and you know is it is it a theme is it a, a certain game mechanic that you like yeah so um one of the themes i like about card games is that the artwork is um incredible on all of them um so obviously i've watched pokemon when i was younger and ever since then you know i can't get enough of the artwork um that's where i got into pokemon but um with other card games you've got magic and things like that where the artwork is all hand-drawn it's incredible to see and it's nice to actually have a collection of it with the style um all game is um obviously different in their own way but the style i much prefer is like more controlled game so like with the control sort of side of things you like um messing with your opponents in a weird way you know so denying them in a weird way controls often deny deny your opponent being able to actually play the game magic is renowned for this with particular colors <laughs> so yeah. you get the mainly blue play style with often blue and black of countering your opponent's cards so they don't do anything or locking them away with white cards you know that sort of style of the, of gameplay pokemon's done it as well pokemon runs off of energy cards so yep denying your opponent their energy by removing them or um, penalizing them for attaching them that sort of style yep. or trying to mill your opponent out is another very similar control e <laughs> style it's yeah it's, it's a different style still but it, they sort of go hand in hand a lot of the mm. time so yeah definitely those are definitely my more favorable um styles of play so with the card games as well um what was it like transitioning from the casual play because i know you like the social side of it all to the tournament scene so it was very difficult to begin with because it's a completely different atmosphere, uh, for one. Um, it's more... Um... It's one of those things where even friends almost have to temporarily become enemies. Yeah. It's much higher pressured unless you end up at the bottom end of the tournament, then it's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it is. that's where been... I tend to sit. That's the fun seats. That is, really is the fun seats. I do have to agree with you there. Having been to so many... You can actually socialise with people at the bottom end, whereas especially now we've got an international scene. Mm, definitely. The top end is so knife edge and serious. Oh, yes, definitely. That's one thing which I'm not too keen on is that how pressured it gets towards the beginning, because if um, towards the end, because if you make one mistake in a very crucial game, then that's it. Um, it's very hard to get back to that point yeah so my question to you what was it like playing a card game in another country as well so i know you were playing pokemon tournaments whilst out in japan which i was jealous of because you had tournaments while we didn't so. yeah i mean it's just incredible um the amount of tournaments there actually are in japan is insane there's about maybe 40 or 50 every day um so i'd just go and hit up everyone um but it's completely different. Um, Japanese uh, people re really like to uh, interact with me. That's one thing I got out of it. And I really liked interacting with them. And um, luckily, with my knowledge for the card game, I knew all the cards begin with. So I didn't have an issue reading Japanese yeah. or translating. But yeah, it's 
it was amazing fun and um, it was great to meet so many new people. I must admit, I have one personal experience on that front. Um, it was I was lucky enough to play a Japanese player at my one and only trip to the Pokemon World Championships. Yeah, and I was. It was. It's a good story. Actually, it's a funny one where both me and the opponent nearly had a carbon copy of the same deck. I think there were three cards different between the two decks, and the first three turns of the game were mirrored completely. <laughs> and we had that language barrier because I don't speak Japanese at all. And we had that language barrier at the time where we were just sort of like pointing, putting down, you know, the different attacks and that. And we were just wetting ourselves laughing because it was exactly the same cards all the time. And both of us shook our hands at the end. It was one of the most friendly games I've ever played. Bear in mind, this was on the World Championship stage. This is a big yeah. tournament. But it was just so relaxed. They were so friendly and they just were there to have a laugh. So, yeah, definitely. They're, they're really welcome. Um uh, people to come and play with them and just have a great time in general um and yeah like i've made so many friends out there while playing pokemon and it's just one way i connect with people as well and it's yeah it's amazing so you say they've got quite a lot of um tournaments going on like every day is that in lieu of things like gaming clubs where they you would see all different genres of games you know your board games war games card games all of that coming together in one place or, or are the tournaments basically a replacement for that oh well so, so definitely um there's actually so many board game cafes out in japan um and lots of people go to them um i went to a few myself um and they were really good fun um and you know you see people playing board games and card games in the same store yep. which is really good to see um sort of brings an air of uh, community spirit yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, the card game and board game community in uh, Japan is uh, very big. Um, like, I think most people probably play either one or the other or both. That's something we're starting to hear worldwide. And even over here, you know, we've been doing our utmost just between us two to try and bring our communities together. Mm. Comic Book Shop are doing the same around here. It's a lovely community spirit when you just get a load of strangers come together and united by a few pieces of cardboard or plastic. There's even bars, uh, like night night bars, where, where people go and play card games while having a drink. It's like, it's amazing. I, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling the house literally when we finish this and I'm moving. It's our next business idea, dude. Oh yeah, fair enough. So while you were out in Japan, Ian was graced with the news that there was a new TCG coming out. You've already touched on it a little bit and I'm going to open the floodgates now. Yeah. And say and say let's talk a little bit about the Digimon card game. I understand that you did in a very nice service of buying a metric ton of it while you were out there and shipping it back to him. I did indeed. I got a message from Ian when Digimon once announced and my phone went crazy. Um, <laughs> and I managed to pick up some really cool uh, J Japanese copies of the Digimon card game when it was out. Um, so Ian got it pretty much straight the same. Away. Yeah, like yeah. straight away yeah. uh, before even English has been announced. Yep. So did you, um, when you were picking up the games, did you, did you try it yourself while you were out there? And if so, how did you find it? So I did try it a little bit. Um, luckily, um, the store which I regularly went to um, had English uh, talking people. And um, I, I just watched one of their games and how they're playing and things. So I got a rough idea. But luckily, Ian has showed me the ropes now with the English <laughs> translations. Oh, yes. And I'm super excited to um, like get into the card game. Is there any particular mechanics of it that you've you've tried that you, you particularly like compared to other games that you play? I think with Digimon there's there's 
quite a lot of options um however one i really like is like um making sure your security um blockers um and just adding effects onto that sort of um action of the game to try and control the board that way yeah i suppose we're normally used to pokemon where you just attack one monster it's one monster attacking another monster or the ones in reserve whereas digimon is you attack a player yeah. Unless mm. someone has a way of stopping you from doing <laughs> it. You either attack a player or an already used Digimon that's already expended itself. So it's a bit more of a different playstyle from what we're used to on a similar type of battle system. I know personally the other thing that I thought was really interesting was just how the turn style goes of the back and forth of once you play with your memory gauge, once you run out, you just finish what you're doing and it's suddenly your opponent's turn. You, you could have an idea of I could do this, this and this and it's like wait as soon as i've done that it's i don't get to attack or things like that yeah exactly it's a very unique mechanic which i we we've never seen before in a card game and it's really not in the big three ones we're used to anyway um we'll cover this more when we cover card games which won't be too far down down the road it's a very interesting system and it was nice as i said it was interesting for me as well when you were trying to track down my cards how quickly it was selling out Mm. It, it you know it, it took a while for one of the promo packs to be hunted down for me yeah the magazines went for silly money because japan does their promos through magazines whereas we don't over here and even the booster box took you a while to hunt down for me didn't it yeah um surprisingly trying to get hold of it was very hard because uh the first wave completely sold out on pre-orders and i couldn't pre-order any boxes um and luckily i managed to go on a second-hand website to get one for ian so with regards to the game in japan is it sort of on the same level as pokemon or is it still viewed as like a a game underneath it sadly at the moment it is a game underneath pokemon uh pokemon is by far the number one game in japan or magic i'm not too sure which is the most popular but from what i've seen pokemon is crazy magic still has probably the most expensive individual cards but pokemon as a whole collect from what I've seen, I've, really? I was actually looking this up and um, it came up on my newsfeed the other day. Magic still has like the bog standard staples as most expensive, but with all of the YouTubers going nuts over things like anything with a Charizard written on it at the moment, Pokemon has really smashed it with the collectible side of things. And um, yeah, those, both those two games are the top two, but they're very now close to each other, whereas Magic used to dominate being the most expensive and um, the most collectible game. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're now sort of vying for position. But it's going to be interesting for me. Card games don't often have... New card games don't often have a large shelf life. But this is the interesting one for me. As I said, you know, chiming back to the Digimon game, is it is what it is, and it's a new game, and it may not have a long shelf life. We don't know. The game sold out everywhere in Japan and still continues to do so. So this one's going to be an interesting one to see if it survives. Digimon's going through a little bit of revival as a genre at the moment anyway. There's a new anime in Japan, which is why they've pushed this now. But for me, it's always going to be an interesting one because interesting knowledge is Digimon actually came before Pokemon. But Pokemon was the one that became more well-known than Digimon. And Digimon was always seen as the knockoff. Yeah. But the irony was it was the Digimon was the first Tamagotchi. Yes. It was the first digital pets and or digital monsters you know and that that's where it all spawned from so it's gonna be and and in my opinion actually had the better cartoon it had a better stories with it but pokemon's always had the better card games always had the better video games it definitely had a bit more support i think there was a lot more behind it and things seemed to come along a bit quicker um obviously 
I, I used to love Pokemon, as we all know. There is only 151 Pokemon in my mind. And this is where you are wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're outnumbered for a change here, dude. But, um, yeah, I, I used to love Pokemon. I loved having the Game Boy games. You know, I, it was a time that I was in school where, you know, you had the old the Game Boy colors and the only way you could sort of battle your friends is if you had that annoying little wire that, would clip the two consoles together and then inevitably come out halfway between the battle. Um, or, you know, if you had the Charizard trading card game, you were the coolest kid in school. You'd probably get beat up and have it stolen from you, but you were the coolest kid in school for about 10 minutes. You think how much those cards are worth now? <laughs> exactly. So I, I am going to switch the conversation up a little bit here. We're going to stick with the card game theme, but you were talking a, a few minutes ago about costings of cards and what how it holds the better value that leads me on to the question of the business that you set up now as we say you're quite a bit younger than us and you've been doing this for quite some time so i'm pretty sure you were doing this before you were legally allowed to work i know no 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 no, no comment <laughs> but yeah so what what was it that made you sort of channel your inner del boy and start wheeling and dealing well, I've always been really interested in um, like just walking into card shops and board game shops and seeing all of these fantastic cards. And I thought to myself, why, why just make this a hobby? Why not just um, create something out of it? And um, yeah, and luckily I've created my own business out of it. I thought something similar and we ended up with a podcast that makes no money. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I just had a business that failed. So. <laughs> yeah, don't take business advice from us. Yeah. <laughs> But now I can still remember some of your early days. I am going to embarrass you with a story. <laughs> Seeing you wheel and deal for some really insanely cheap prices for some expensive cards. Oh, yeah. And then demand the full prices from all of us at League trying to <laughs> get said cards. <laughs> so we got our revenge back unintentionally um, when you rocked up with some expensive EX cards at the time that were weak to fire Pokemon. And us poor um, people turned up with a really cheap deck of evolutions that all turned all of our Pokemon <laughs> into the same types as the Eevee cards. So I had that Flareon that made everything fire against your <laughs> fire-weak deck. I watched you literally come to League, have a hissy fit, bugger off, and then sell them all online straight afterwards. Oh, the good old days, right? <laughs> Jordan has changed a lot since then. He was very young back then. It, it was just one of those funny moments that we now have a laugh about. Yeah, it, definitely. But, oh, I, that, was, that was just priceless. None of, those... of us could do those amazing trades that you managed to do. <laughs> you never let us get away with anything like that at the time. And like the ultimate revenge is watching like 50p cards beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a sight to see, that's for sure. I think there comes a time in every gamer's life where they get a bit too big for their boots and what they need is a good royal spanking on the tabletop. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Just brings everyone back into line. I learnt my lesson that day. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. So you've, you've managed to create nice little lucrative business for yourself out of it it's even taken you to japan so that's that's pretty good what's the future hold for you so the future um of maximum gaming tcg um i'm potentially looking to um expand into other card games uh at the moment i mainly um do pokemon um which has always been in my life um however i do want to expand into other tcgs such as digimon yeah such as <laughs> such <laughs> Mate, you're, you're gonna be a millionaire just from this guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So like did Digimon magic maybe Yu-Gi-Oh, but Yu-Gi-Oh's sort of like the dark side compared to the rest. <laughs> but yeah, um I it's great fun. Um at the moment I'm only selling on eBay. Uh you can find me on eBay. Um at my business name and i just sell pokemon cards um and a lot of japanese pokemon cards as well mm. some people have the um, opportunity to own those really cool japanese cards was that sort of a, a small part of the motivation for you to take a little trip out there was it yeah definitely um there's a lot of cards out there which are very popular and uh it was definitely one for me to buy some and then bring them back and then have the opportunity to sell to other people and have let them have them in their collection. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like doing is helping out people's collections a lot, the best I can. So if someone wants a card, I'll try and hunt down that card. And if they want that card, then I shall sell it to them for a very reasonable price, usually cheaper than anywhere else. So obviously within the next uh, few weeks, or I think it's within a week of this podcast coming out, you do have the new Pokemon set coming out. We won't delve into it too much because we do want to do a whole episode based on basically the November TCG releases because it's a crazy month for for TCG. So just from the Pokemon side of things, what are you looking forward to from the new set? The new set? Well, the amazing rares are incredible. The artworks on them and the actual... um, the shininess of the card um what well, they were luckily released while i was in japan and i managed to get some boxes and i had the amazing rares in my hand and they were like wow these are incredible and now that they're printing them in um english um the amazing rares just bring so much more collectability to the set and also playability because some of them are actually playable which is very cool to see from the images I've seen online, they, they are beautiful looking cards. Not enough to drag me back into the game. I'm just going to say <laughs> that right now. But they are absolutely stunning cards. Mm. And you you raised the point earlier as well. That's one thing TCGs are amazing for. Mm-hmm. Every card has just such unique artwork on it. It really is just absolutely gorgeous and it makes you want to own the whole set you know um i'm kind of the same with my marvel crisis protocol uh game so obviously a tabletop game but it comes with cardstock as well and the images that are on the backs of the cards are so good some mm. of them are better than the comics that they re- you know, that they replicate. <laughs> nice try, trying to shoehorn a miniatures game into a card <laughs> game discussion. <laughs> it's the only time I'm going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you do? <laughs> well, just about, anyway. <laughs> and I, even some of the artworks on some of the board game cards like, are really cool. Like, yeah. I do have to agree with that one. And for the sure. box arts as well. I can, again, we mentioned it in the last podcast, um, City Skylines. I can just see the side of the box from where we're sitting now, and it still looks stunning. I was more looking at the Power Rangers game that's uh, directly underneath that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's got Power Rangers on it, though. So, <laughs> so just quickly before we let you go tonight, you did touch on the fact that you have been introduced to our dark side world of board gaming and tabletop gaming in general. I will eventually get you to try war gaming out as well. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We've got yeah. a couple lined up. We've got um, a couple. I got Jordan playing campaign games, which has been interesting. Wargaming wise, I mean, I'm interested in at some point trying Crisis Protocol, which would be a good one for Jordan to jump in with. Yes. And also getting you two to play Armada at some point would be a really interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. The wargaming uh, sort of sides of things I've I've seen, but I've never actually played and they look incredible. So I, l- I look forward to that. And the other thing is we have to get you into an RPG at some point as well. Definitely. So obviously recently you have touched on the dark side that uh, that we love, which is obviously modern board games, not you know the classic board games that we all know that we don't talk about. 
what are the games that you've tried have you enjoyed um obviously being that it's us that's introduced you we've broken you into our our world a little bit softly by introducing you to the small quick games uh which we talked about recently on the podcast um also with one of our favorites being downforce definitely um and i think you even joined in ian with one of his turtles uh campaign games as well yes definitely yeah uh we tested the waters and had a go at that and it it's great fun it plays really well um and i look forward to playing more of it yeah and one other game that you've played um, quite a while back actually before your japan trip is we got you into dinogenics before the expansions came Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, Dinogenics is a very, very cool game. Um, I was introduced to it by Ian, of course. Um, that, that game was amazing before the expansion. You need to try it with the expansion. I, I can't. <laughs> like, it, It's gotten to the point now where I don't think I could play the game without the expansion. It's that good. With, with the lockdowns and things, it's been quite difficult. But as Jordan's only been back since September and the end of September at that, but we've been talking quite a lot since you've been in Japan and the back and forth of like, this game's arrived, it's amazing. This game's <laughs> arrived, it's amazing. And then you're telling me about all the shenanigans in Japan and it's been really interesting, but it's been great finally having you back and actually being able to properly catch up and yeah. get you back on the scene again. It's nice to be back and it's nice to be part of more board gaming side of things and also card games. And it's just great to be back. So that being said, my final question for you, obviously we we know what you're um what you're looking forward to with regards to the card games, but what are you looking forward to in general? What am I looking forward to in general? 2021. <laughs> 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 it's not a, it's not a bad answer. Now, so one thing I'm looking forward to for sure um is hopefully after lockdown goes, more uh social events happen. Uh so more card game events happen and we're able to meet up more and uh go to more board gaming events um i'm really looking forward to jumping into that um after lockdown and and just seeing it expand so re- reintroducing yourself into the gaming community here in the uk basically definitely definitely yeah yeah thank you very much for joining us we'll give you a couple of minutes just to promote your your business as well one more time tell people where they can find you um you know how they can find your events when we eventually run them obviously um so yeah the the floor is yours um so i run a maximum gaming tcg i mainly and on ebay at the moment so you can find me on there um however i do have a website which will be launching within the next two weeks hopefully uh maybe a week when this podcast comes out um but i'm very excited to uh get lots of card games up there and uh be able to supply those to people who would be after them obviously we covered on our last podcast that we are batch recording these at the moment so these are being recorded before the new sets come out this is going to come to you guys in a few weeks time so if the website is up and running by then you'll be able to find the link in the description of this podcast if not we'll just post it on the social media as soon as it's available exactly definitely and if you ever need to contact and if you are after anything in particular you're more than welcome to contact me via discord uh the discord group or either just contact one of ian or jason and we can get in contact yep perfect so thank you very much once again for coming on we are going to end this section down now and pass over to our man that's stuck in the new shed so now with all the hype behind pokemon cards at the moment we're going over to our man who really thought he'd found an expensive rare snorlax card the other day then realized he was just looking in the mirror over to you paul Right, I raise you one curly whirly, three weeks washing up, 73 pence in real money, and one cleaning and disinfecting 
right round the back of the lavatory bowl. Oh, so you're all in then. So what have you got? Three pairs? You're only supposed to have five cards. Two and a half pairs, my buttocks. You little cheat. Oh, what have I got? You ready for this? Five queens. I win then. Woohoo! Although I will admit I don't really know how to play poker. And I am really suspect of this deck of cards we found. Seems a little dodgy to me. You too, huh? Oh well, oh well, I'm going to cash this lavvy clean in now. So you go and get to work whilst I read the news out. Don't start complaining. We both went in blind and admittedly most of the mess in there is yours. Well, it's not my fault you can't aim straight. If you do a good job, I'll save you half this curly-whirly. But you better do a decent job. Right, my meeples, let's get on with some news. Last week, we mentioned a live video going out on YouTube with the one and the only Mr. Will Wheaton, hosting as Global Brand Ambassador for Bicycle Cards and Games. I don't know if he likes Ferrero Rocher. Get back to work. What was a surprise was that he was joined by his beautiful wife, Anne Wheaton, a certainly welcome sight in these troubled times. The first half of the stream was dedicated to a game, Tattoo Stories, by designer Eric Slauson, who was on hand to take us through his design methodology and indeed run through the instructions. Tattoo Stories is a party game for four to six players and takes roughly 30 minutes to play. Players take it in turns to be the customer in a tattoo parlour, with the other players playing the artists. The customer draws five cards from the deck as hints to what he or she wants in a tattoo. These can be anything from actual objects to abstract terms, so something along the lines of a burrito, a hat, something melting, love or dreams. The players then have three minutes to draw a tattoo on the supplied whiteboards. They can also continue to ask the customer to elaborate on particular elements to help with the sketches. After three minutes, each artist then shows and pitches their idea to the customer. After all the pitches have done, the customer can then award each of the drawn cards as points to the artist who they feel interpreted the items and ideas the best. Play continues clockwise with the customer and artist swapping places, and the winner will be the one with the most cards once the round completes. After a good old chat between the Wheatons and Eric, they were joined by four other people to play through a couple of rounds. Don't think you need to be a great artist to play the game either, as the pitch can sometimes be more crucial than the artwork itself. The game, available now for around the £20 mark, and I'm sure it would make a great addition to a family Christmas. I know I said Christmas before December, but it's 2020. Anything seems to be going right now. I'll let you smack my hand later. Next up was Shuffle Grand Prix, likened by Will and its designer Rob Newton who joined the stream as if Mario Kart and Smash Up the Board Game had had a weird card game love child. After a very informative chat with Will and Anne, Rob went on to talk about the smaller easter eggs and quirks for all of us nerds to find when going through the cards. In the game, each player chooses a driver and co-driver from the roster and collects together their allocated deck of cards and then shuffles them together. Players draw a distance card from a central deck and then they play a card from one of the three in their hand. These cards' powers can vary from attacking other players, adding to the distance of the card drawn, repairing your vehicle, or can be saved in order to protect yourself against opposition attack. Play continues until all the distance cards have been drawn and placed. The driver who went the furthest is the winner. We watched Anne and Will play the game with the designer Rob 
providing commentary and odd anecdotes from various cards being played, and left Will for dust, which she said was commonplace when they've played the game before in the past. The game's out now, plays two to four players, and costs around £25, although I have seen it on certain sites for a lot less than that. So go check out your local FLGS first, if they're doing online shipping, or click and collect if you think it's for you. I've got a copy coming, so if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what it is. We both thoroughly enjoyed the stream, it was great to see Anne Wheaton and remind ourselves that Will has certainly not lost his gaming mojo, asking insightful questions to the designers and enabling us to get a true sense of what these games and gaming in general can offer. Bicycle couldn't have chosen a better global brand ambassador than Will. The stream is available to watch again over on YouTube's on the Bicycle channel and I believe Will is back again this weekend with coverage of two more Bicycle Games releases. One being Alpha, a game where you and your pack of wolves endeavour to stock up on food to take you through the winter. So go and subscribe to the channel to keep up to date on the schedule. Cryptozoic Entertainment revealed that they were making a board game based on the DC Comics Batman title, The Dark Knight Returns. The company didn't show anything off for it or give many details as to what the game would entail beyond the short introduction that they gave us below. What we do know is, like a lot of the titles these days, they're going to try and push it through Kickstarter sometime in early 2021 to get the thing funded. Which, in no disrespect to Cryptozoic, but it seems mighty weird that a title this well known under a franchise as big as Batman isn't being given funding by Warner Brothers or DC Comics to at least push ahead. We know it's the norm for a lot of gaming companies these days to do crowdfunding, but it's Batman. We're shocked neither company appears to be kicking in some cash for this one. It's designed by award-winning designer Daryl Andrews of Sagrada fame and Morgan Donteville for Asgard's Chosen. From the ground up as a solo board game experience in which a player dons the cow and journeys through one of the most popular Batman stories ever told. Instead of traditional levelling up, this is a game of attrition. An old Batman tries to survive one final gauntlet facing old and new villains and even his most powerful ally. Playable as standalone missions or one epic playthrough where results of each mission carry over to the next. As of right now the game only has a Facebook page with a link for you to sign up for when the Kickstarter officially kicks in. Don Robin's cape, drop an anvil on Daffy Duck's head, or hop into the Mystery Machine with an upcoming collection of animation-themed board games from Simon, the studio behind Blood Rage. Dubbed Simon Presents The Animation Collection, the Kickstarter launch will consist of three games based on the Teen Titans Go, Looney Tunes, and the Scooby-Doo television series. Scooby-Doo, the board game, was revealed earlier this year and we'll see one to five players taking on the roles of Scooby and the gang as they investigate a mystery at a local town. The co-op game will feature all the major characters from the beloved animated series including, including Fred, Velma, Daphne, Shaggy and the cowardly dog himself Scooby-Doo as they travel across the various locations on the map in order to set up traps to catch the villain before all the townsfolk are scared away from their homes. Newly announced is Teen Titans Go Mayhem, an upcoming board game based on the animated show featuring classic DC Comics superheroes such as Robin, Cyborg, Starfire and Raven as they encounter various comedic adventures. 
The board game sees players becoming the different characters from the Teen Titans as they bicker over various disputes, such as obtaining the very last slice of pizza or getting the best spot on the couch. Teen Titans Go Mayhem uses a newly made rule set called Mayhem that enables players to directly compete with one another. Also using this Mayhem rule set is the final game in the animation collection, Looney Tunes Mayhem. This has players embodying classic cartoon characters like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd and Taz. In time-honoured Looney Tunes fashion, the game sees players ruthlessly pummeling each other's characters using various alchemy weapons and explosives. It has not been confirmed whether Teen Titans Go Mayhem and Looney Tunes Mayhem will be compatible with one another despite using the same system of rules. Eric Lang, the creator behind Blood Rage, admitted in a tweet that they had worked on creating the Mayhem system used by both Teen Titans Go and Looney Tunes. The Kickstarter campaign for the animation collection has not yet received a launch date with Simons stating that backers will be able to choose which of the three games to pledge towards. And we are heading over to Kickstarter, if we hadn't mentioned Kickstarter enough. This first one is live now and ends on the 3rd of December, so get on over to take a peek. It's for Upzone. Upzone is a brand new pop-up terrain system for wargaming, like Warhammer 40k, Star Wars Legion, Infinity and other tabletop miniatures games, but it also works great with role-playing games like Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. The terrain features a complete board and terrain package made up using pop-ups, which can be set up in seconds and that folds away completely flat. It's highly thematic, immersive, photorealistic, affordable and easily stored terrain. The terrain is designed for those with limited space, limited time or on a budget. Uptone boards can be configured in a variety of different layouts to suit different game systems and sizes, while offering immense replayability and amazing table presence. So you fancy running a game night with your friends, now it's easy to keep and store multiple boards ready for those times when you need more than one game going on at once. Upzone has been developed with ease and simplicity in mind, not everyone has the money or space to keep a huge amount of moulded and painted terrain or spend ages setting up boards before friends arrive. The board has been developed from the ground up to have whole structures pop up in the blink of an eye and still be able to hold the weight of your favourite models. The Kickstarter has four sets available. They have the Cathedral Zone, the Dungeon Zone, the Ancient Zone and the Kickstarter exclusive Obsidian Zone. Yeah, I know it does sound a bit like the uh, Crystal Maze, doesn't it? And like I said, the Kickstarter campaign is live now and ends on the 3rd of December, so head on over and take a peek. The next game is Carnegie and it's for 1-4 to four players, takes 90 minutes to play and is out on November the 23rd. Carnegie was inspired by the life of Andrew Carnegie, who was born in Scotland in 1835. Andrew Carnegie and his parents emigrated to the United States in 1848. Although he started his career as a telegraphist, his role as one of the major players in the rise of the United States steel industry made him one of the richest men in the world and an icon of the American dream. Andrew Carnegie was also a benefactor and a philanthropist. Upon his death in 1919, more than $350 million of his wealth was bequeathed to various foundations, with another $30 million going to various charities. His endowments created nearly 2,500 free public libraries that bear his name, the Carnegie Libraries. During the game, you will recruit and manage employees, expand your business, invest in real estate, 
produce and sell goods and create transport chains across the United States. You may even work with important personalities of the era too. Perhaps you will even become an illustrious benefactor who contributes to the greatness of his country through deeds and generosity. I know it does sound better than Monopoly, doesn't it? Get back to work. The game takes place over 20 rounds. Players will each have one turn per round. On each turn, the active player will choose one of four actions, which the other players may follow. The goal of the game is to build the most prestigious company, as symbolised by victory points. The last one on Kickstarter this week is Saloon Showdown. Saloon Showdown is an unsettled board game where up to seven gunslingers of all ages will try to collect the bounties on the heads of the others, challenging each other's in epic duels, trolls, and even a Mexican standoff. Reflexes and speed of thought will determine the most skillful gunslinger, but there are also other, more devious ways to win. So, do you feel lucky? Starting from the player on the left of the dealer, the game proceeds clockwise in turns. In their turn, each player can choose one of the actions. Draw a card, cash the loot, discard some type of cards to earn dollars, or threaten someone. Threatening someone with a gun starts a brief bluff or not phase, which can lead to the heart of the game, the duel. In the duel, two players must exchange their cards and be the quicker to shoot the other correctly by guessing three things. The colour of the gun to take, the zone of the body to hit, or the sound of the gunshot. The correct information is the one that is the most present on the cards in front of the player. In this game, like I said, there are two variants of the duel which involve three players, a trawl, or up to five, a Mexican standoff. By playing cards and winning duels, you'll earn, or steal, money. The game ends when a player has $13 on his loot zone, or when he has taken three wound tokens, which you get by losing duels. The game comes with cardboard guns that you actually point at each other. That's going to be a fun thing to play around the table. And lastly today we've got event news or lack of. With lockdown still in effect for another 10 days or so, we've not a lot to report. Again, Jason and Ian will be on the Discord of a Monday evening with other members of the Crawley Gaming community for fun and frolics. Here at Mid-Sussex Meeples, we've not had confirmation on the move to the date in December as yet, but the date we do have in sight is Sunday the 13th, which seems to be the most popular that we had over in the poll on Facebook. You finished it yet? I seriously doubt that. I'm coming in to check. Say bye to everyone. And it's a goodbye from me, and stay safe. Till next time, meeples. Thank you very much to our resident Snorlax there, and of course, his little pet Psyduck, known <laughs> as Brian. But that's it for us, guys. Thank you very much for joining us this week. If you did enjoy this episode, you can let us know on any of our social media websites. You've got us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and in the YouTube comments, obviously. You can leave us a little review on any of the podcast platforms you've heard this on. That would be great. We're also, with the lockdown at the moment, we've got our Discord server running strong again. We'll still be there on the Monday evenings. One day they will be back in person, I promise. Until then, we will still be going strong on there. And um, we look forward to seeing you at every opportunity. That we do indeed. But thank you very much for joining us, guys. We will see you next week for some more tabletop gaming chatter. I think next week we are going to be talking more in depth about the November TCG behemoth that is coming. 
Yep, and we have an extra pair of hands to help us chat with talk and get with that again. That we will do. Jordan has lovingly agreed to come back and talk more TCGs with us in a, f- in a lot more depth this time round. Yep. So thank you again, everyone. Stay well, stay safe, game safe, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.